Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. I'm Alan Potsider, and you're listening to Call Talk for April 11, 2018. Today's topic is how to help people succeed by giving them tools to share their experience with others. If you are listening live, we invite you to be part of the show and ask questions. Here's how you do it. Email me at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com. I want to remind everyone that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to at benchmarkportal.com at any time of the day. And now I'd like to introduce the host of the call, the host of Call Talk, Don Fiore. Thank you, Alan, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Contact center managers know that leadership is key to success in the call center environment, but very few are actually trained or mentored in leadership. So we brought in someone who is an expert on workplace leadership to provide you with some aha insights that I hope will be able to help you implement for your benefit and the benefit of those you manage the uh, leadership skills that you need. That person is Mitchell Levy. Welcome to the show, Mitchell. Bruce, great to be here. Thanks for having me. No, not at all. It's it's great to have you. And uh, Mitchell Levy, just for our audience, is known as the AHA guy at AHA That. He's a publisher who helps people get their AHA messages to those who need to see them. An interesting twist, he helps people actually quickly author books on AHA themes and uh, his methodology is able to help people do all this in, in less than eight hours. So he's uh, got quite the formula down there. And he's seen a lot that has to do with leadership, ideas, and how to actually communicate those ideas effectively. He's created businesses, including four publishing companies, that have published over 800 books. And Mitchell himself is the author of 56 books. Uh, one of his latest books is on creating thought leaders, helping experts inside of corporations amplify their thought leadership. So today's call talk will be a bit different from our normal focus on a specific contact center issue. Uh, with Mitchell, we're going to be opening our horizons and, and look at leadership and thought leadership at a higher level. So Mitchell, uh, you're a recognized expert in the area of leadership. Was that a good buildup for you, by the way? Dude, that was, that was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. The only thing I'm going to say is, what happens in life is things keep moving forward. So I now have published 59 books. And so oh uh, it, I, I know it's crazy. Um, well, actually, I've published over 800, but it's that 59th book is the one that is associated with a TED Talk, being seen and being heard oh. as a thought leader. And it's, it's always fun. You did a great job. It's fun when somebody reads your bio. It's like, okay, which version do they have? <laughs> well, listen, hey, I think you need to move it up a notch and get to 60, for heaven's sakes, you know? So uh, expect oh, if we well, do this again know, next year, I expect it will be there. Oh, it, I've already written the 60th. I just don't want to publish it because I love the last book. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to leave that one behind. Well, anyway, as a recognized expert in the area of leadership, uh, can you tell our listeners about the leadership elements they can think about and uh, use in their contact centers? Well, I think the, the, I'm going to mention what I did with the TED Talk and because it's very appropriate for, uh, for, for the listeners. 
And that is okay, and what is, I talked about. This is about. the TED Talk that you did. Sorry to interrupt, but this just for our yeah. listeners. This is the TED Talk that you did on being seen and being heard. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So you could either, yes. So you could either go to aha.pub slash TED Talk or go to YouTube and type in being seen and being heard as a thought leader. And largely what I talk about is we are in the midst of the largest transformation humankind has ever gone through. And we're transitioning from the industrial age to the social age. And, and what that means is how do you interact with those people you're touching? And what this show, what your listener audience is, is all about is by far the most important thing. Well, I guess you have to have a product and you have to have a service. But once you have those, this is the most important thing that's a component of the social age. And, and I think to, to stand back for a second, when I went to B-School, I read all these books on how important customer service was. And then I entered the business world. And the policies and practices that companies had, they really didn't care about their customers. And, uh, and it was horrible to be part of. Well, we're now moving away from that world, and we're moving to the world where this audience, the customer contacts, you are the most important people focused on the customers because now there's so much opportunity, there's so much, there's so much competition, there's so much ability for somebody to not pay their month-to-month service fee and move to something else, so churn can be significantly high. And, and so what does that mean? To answer your question, what is leadership? Leadership mm-hmm. is treating the people that you're working with as humans. Leadership is treating and understanding what the ultimate goal is that you're trying to, to serve. If the, sur- if the goal is to help the customers that you service be happy, well, then leadership is providing the tools and capability and empowering the people who are working for you to be able to, to do their job, and that is to drive happiness in the customer base. That's mm-hmm. probably a simple you yeah, no, that's that's very good. And you know what uh, I think of too when you're talking about the ultimate goal. That's so important because I've been to so many uh, centers where people get caught up in the day to day. It's a very natural thing to do. And uh, if they're sort of uh, talking to me about all the issues that they have, et cetera, et cetera, and then I'll I'll just stop, take a deep breath, smile at them, and say, "Could I see your mission statement?" <laughs> Mm, because that ultimate goal is what's supposed to be uh, in that mission statement. And that mission statement should be something that if they don't have it, they can actually create it. Not only for their, you know, there should be one for their company, they should have one for their customer contact operation. And as you say, you know, it needs to make sure that it takes into account that human element, you know, treating people as human beings. And, um, uh, because, you know, at that point, if they have absorbed, if they've actually internalized the mission statement, if they've internalized their need to lead human beings, they're already light years ahead of a lot of people, and they're light years ahead in terms of, um, you know, having what it takes to then come out with uh, a plan for really good customer service. Yeah, I think, I, I think if, as I'm thinking back to my customer service days, what happens is, you have a mission, and then to execute the mission, somebody in management puts together a series of KPIs. And then what happens is those KPIs become stone, and there's no variability, and it's no longer about a human, but it's about meeting these metrics. And what 
ultimately happens in today's world is things continually change and morph and move in a slightly different direction. And so I guess it's okay to have a series of KPIs. I mean, that's how we, that's how we measure things. But if the KPIs are more important than the customer, that's a problem. And if the KPIs don't change over time, that's a problem. And what, what's important for the leader is to recognize the changing nature of the world we live in. And once again, to empower. This is the most important thing you could do as, as a leader. If you can't empower your people to do the right thing and to service the customer, then you may not, you either, A, have hired the wrong people, um, or B, you've got to figure out what, what tools, what approaches, what opportunities you can give to your people. Maybe it's training, maybe it's support. There are things you can do, but at the end of the day, it's important to allow them to do it. Whoever is touching the customer at the end of the day, they need to actually care about that person and help that person be successful. Right, right. And the, the interesting thing here, too, that I found, Mitchell, is that there's an intersection between the human element and actually uh, forming relationships with your people and helping to professionalize them and meet your own professional goals. And when you can understand that those two things need to be put together, in other words, you've got those metrics and you do have to meet those metrics, but the way of meeting the metrics is not always beating up on people. Sometimes it's motivating them by, A, explaining it, okay? And I'll just open up a little parentheses here. I had a colleague who worked for AT&T, and she was put into a center that was third from the bottom out of 23 centers that AT&T had back in the 1990s. And by the end of the year, hers was third from the top. And I said, Catherine, how did you do that? And she said, the first thing I did was to tell everybody, okay? <laughs> she told everybody they were third from the bottom, and then she told them how they could get to toward the top. And she did it in a way that was collaborative, that was informative, and that was uh, challenging, and people rose to that challenge rather than sort of browbeating on them and telling them that they were, you know, incompetent and all that sort of thing. You know, the, the, the interesting part about leadership is knowing with 100% certainty that your dinner conversation. Now, if you got call centers, that dinner that dinner time is is uh, depending on how many shifts you have all throughout the day. But you're the dinner conversation with the family. So the question becomes: Are you a positive dinner conversation or are you a negative dinner conversation? And you know, we we live in a world where you know if, if you're if, if you're browbeating and and sort of task mastering, that that is a function of what the industrial age was. That is not a function of what today's world is. And the younger generation that's going into the workforce, they won't accept it. They just, they'll leave. They'd rather not work or they'd rather do something different than to live into an environment that's not positive for them. So if you want to continue to grow your organization and continue to bring on good, talented people that grow, I think the example you gave, Bruce, was beautiful. So collaboratively share with them the information that's important to you. Share with them the fact that it's a joint ride that you all take together. Celebrate the successes. Celebrate the failures. I didn't say beat up the failures. Celebrate the failures. 
with the intent of making it a learning opportunity so that it doesn't happen again. Right, right. You know, a couple of things that, uh, as you were talking, came to mind. One is uh, I recently did a uh, webinar on the Generation Z. Okay, so Generation Z are the folks who are uh, at most 21 years old right now. So they're just coming into the workforce. You, you do have people 18 to 21 already there, and they're, uh, they're starting to move up. And they're a little bit different from the millennials, okay? And the... Uh, the reaction of most contact center managers is, oh, my God, I still haven't figured out the millennials. Now I have to deal with Generation Z? And uh, <laughs> the fact is, yes, as you said, things are always changing. You have to keep up. And you have to, uh, in terms of leadership, learn how to talk different languages sometimes to the different people in your center. Um, and and that's, that's okay. You know, you need to sort of become multilingual in terms of being able to reach people where they where things are important to them. So we won't get into all of that, but uh, I think it's, it's an important point to understand that uh, the communication element, the ability to uh, show leadership through connecting is, is just very, very important. Yeah, so, so I'm a big fan of, as you read in the bio, I'm the big fan of that aha moment, that aha message. And, and as a leader – if you have, let's say, a handful of these pithy messages that you share, it turns out that it's also a good way to, to, to share advice, to share thoughts, to share focus. The, uh, and, and let me, if you don't mind, let me give you one from, because it, it applies so well to leadership. So what happened is I, I did the TED Talk um, on being seen and being heard as a thought leader, and then I wrote a book that complements that, same title. And what I did is I interviewed four other thought leaders to be part of the book because I'm a big fan that 80% of the content you share as a thought leader, and by the way, every leader is by definition a thought leader, sometimes good, sometimes bad. You want to make it good. So as a thought leader, the content that I share, 80% is other people. So I have four other people who contributed to the book. So what I want to do is I want to share – what Robert Clancy said, so Robert's got a half million followers on Facebook, and this is aha number four in the book, and here's what he says. Good thought leaders are at the top of the mountain. Great thought leaders are at the bottom of the mountain helping people climb up. Hmm. That's an wow. aha message. That's a powerful yeah. message. That's a, so if you're a leader today, when you wake up in the morning, if you did nothing more than ask yourself, who am I going to help climb up the mountain today? You would be a much better person. You would be a much better leader. So this goes back to the, the servant leadership idea and the fact that uh, really the best leadership is mentorship, right? We're actually invested in helping out, uh, creating the leadership qualities in others, which is something that's so important in today's contact centers because – the fact is we aren't training our people enough in that sort of thing. Uh, it's, uh, we promote people to supervisor, right, which is first level of, um, uh, of management, and we don't train people on how to go from being a really good agent to being a really good supervisor because those are different things. And uh, so the, having these concepts in your mind as a contact center manager uh, the ones that you just mentioned, which I think are extremely important. 
Yeah, it, it, it's what's really fascinating about today's world is it, it, it is important to have some form of training program that the company has, right? But, but let me also say, and this is particularly true as the younger generations grow up, so I'm, I'm going to think about my son who's 19. Uh, he technically reads a lot of books on tape is his, his words. Uh, by definition, I don't think he's cracked open a book unless it's been for college, and he's never seen a tape. So he's actually <laughs> listening to Audible, and he's an Audible junkie. He's also, which really fascinating about that generation, is he sits there and watch YouTube videos on how things are made. You know, and, and so it's, it's interesting to me that this generation has at their fingertips access to almost every question. So as a leader, if you could, if you could fill up the minds of the people working with you uh, with the right questions to ask, and encourage them to ask some of the questions themselves and potentially get some of those answers on YouTube. How cool would it be on your Monday morning meetings if you called on somebody in the room and say, hey, what YouTube videos did you watch this weekend and what's valuable that everyone in the room should learn? Interesting. Interesting. Okay, yeah, definitely. So that's sort of bringing the uh, – Social media aspect right into the workplace and encouraging people to uh, take their workplace issues and look on social media and then bring them back in terms of uh, ideas and uh, ways to improve. Yeah, I, I think what happens is we, and I remember, I remember conversations and, and sort of, you know, scolding people of, hey, you shouldn't be you should be watching this YouTube video at work. And, and this person says, oh, well, I'm just learning on how to do customer service better, right? And, and the thing is, you can't, the world we live in today is, is people are excited about learning from others. And that's our job. If, if as a parent, what's the, what is the thing, the best thing you can do as a parent is, is encourage your children to be able to ask the right questions and then when they get responses, you want to encourage them to question the responses and figure out what the best response is. I mean, that's the mm -hmm. best thing you can do. I, as, I, as a parent myself, that's what I was trying to train my, my son to be able to do, ask the right question and interpret the results. Because we have the Encyclopedia Britannica times 100,000 at our fingertips, right? right. So, right. so the thing is, if, if you would do that with your children – uh, why wouldn't you do that with the people who you work with, whether or not they're below you in the organization or above you in the organization? Absolutely. And I have a 21-year-old, so I know exactly what you're talking about because I uh, do the same sort of thing with him and uh, challenge him, uh, you know, to think and rethink things that uh, he takes as gospel from the environment and you know, all the time just uh, to keep things fresh. And actually one way – of doing that, doing what you're talking about, it comes to me from a uh, case study we did, and I can say the name of the company. It was the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Florida. And in that case, there were uh, situations where they had benchmarked poorly on a number of metrics. And those benchmark metrics come up red, right, as opposed to the positive ones, which are green. And uh, the senior manager, the director, or uh, VP in that case, 
said to the managers, he said, we are going to embrace the red. Really important. It was not a situation where, you know, we're ashamed of what we're doing or what we're, we're going to embrace the red and we are going to utilize that as a way to talk about it, uh, to uh, question, ask the questions. You were just saying, Mitchell, you know, ask the right questions, uh, get the right answers, make sure that you're able to uh, go forward with, on solid ground. And that's exactly what he did. He took that uh, methodology, if you will, embrace the red, look at these things, and in fact, they were able to turn around their center in a year, and it was, uh, you know, a fabulous case study as a result. Wow, what a what a beautiful charge. So, so that would be the the aha message in that particular case is a very simple one: embrace the red. Let's turn it green. Yep. Yep. Exactly. That's a Squeeze beautiful it so hard, thing. It turns green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, I love it. I yeah. love it. That's and and the thing is, if, if it's a, if it, the other thing is that uh, this is a, a group embrace. So the idea is that this is a team effort. And uh, you know, when you've got negative things going on in your teams, if you start a blame game, everything falls apart. If you use it to motivate your people, uh, you know, by doing the things that you were talking about, then it turns into an affirmation of the team, and therefore, you know, things get better and better instead of worse and worse. Well, here's, here's just as an example, and, and once again, I'm such a big fan of embracing social. So let's say there were five items which were red. Maybe that's simplistic. Maybe there's 10 or 20 or 100, right? So what would be interesting is maybe every week, if there are five items, you then say to the team, hey, guys, this item's red. Could you shoot a video over the weekend? Give me a one- or two-minute video of what you think the answer is, right? What should we do? And then pick one or two and reward the person who does that in, in such a visible way that you encourage other people to do it. Because in many, many, many cases, the person who's actually touching the customers and performing the work they already know the answers. They've just never been asked to, to share them. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we find that uh, when we do our, you know, when there are agent satisfaction surveys or agent feedback surveys, what you just said uh, really comes through in, in uh, flying color, in, in spades. You can see it definitely. Um, so, well, there is a question that's come in. Uh, Alan, I think that you have it. Could you uh, give that to us so that um, we can hear from, uh, hear from Mitchell on it? Yes, we do have one question from John. I am an, I'm not an extrovert, and I haven't had leadership training. How do you suggest I develop myself? Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. So <laughs> what are the... The introvert extrovert thing is a very fascinating, uh, very fascinating concept. And, and first, let me say this: just because you're the leader, just because you have a title, the question becomes: is are you the leader by title? I are you the boss, or are you the leader because you're actually helping lead? And there's a big difference there. And there's no need, there's no difference uh, of being the introvert or extrovert. The, the thing that's interesting is if, if you have a vision and you have an idea and you want to power your people and you want to grow your organization with your people, well, one of the first things you can do, and, and introverts are even better at this, 
is talk to everybody one-on-one. Ask them their thoughts. Ask them their ideas. Ask them to share with you where you should go. And then what's super cool and particularly true with, with introverts is now you can pay attention to who shared what ideas. And when you're speaking in front of a group, and, and, and let me give you two ideas here. When you're speaking in front of the group, you could actually call on some of the people who gave you great ideas and ask them to share theirs. So you could share the stage. You could share that version, that vision. And as you start envisioning and seeing the people who are working for you growing because you're giving them not just the time of day, but you're paying attention to them and allowing their ideas to spread throughout the organization, that will empower you to be sharing more. What happens a lot with introverts is you're, you're often uh, afraid of speaking publicly and, and sharing. As the leader, you do need to share. And the question is, you want to share the things that you know will be received appropriately. And if you get to talk with your team and share the types of things that not just they want to hear, but you know is going to help the organization be better, that's just a win-win. It becomes a lot easier for you to do. You know, great, great answer to that question. And, John, um, you know, other things that came through my head as Mitchell was talking was a, a leader needs to be aware, needs to care, and needs to dare. Um, you know, <laughs> you need to be aware of what's going on around you in the center, the dynamics, the uh, things that are perhaps going well, the things that are uh, rankling people etc. You need to be able to be aware of that in order to be able to deal with it. You have to then care about it and uh, show that you care about it by trying to fix the things that aren't good. And uh, here, by the way, some leaders or people in leadership positions feel like they have to take care of it all and do it all. But that's not the case. Actually, if you're a leader, you actually engage other people to solve the problems and these are, you know, things that we see in call centers all the time. And so you show that you care by engaging those other people, and in some cases even delegating to them the um, need to come up with suggestions for answers and for um, uh, solutions to problems. And then you have to dare to uh, actually, you know, get these things done. And to, sometimes that means you have to get out of your comfort zone Oftentimes, it means that you have to develop what I call a radial organization uh, inside of your overall organization because you're going to have to move outside of people who are in the contact center because the answer to your problem is in marketing or it's in HR or it's in some other part of the organization that maybe you don't feel really comfortable with. Oh, and for heaven's sakes, if it has anything to do with finance, <laughs> those people are on a different planet. Well, you know, you may have to think about how can I reach out? How can I uh, develop my leadership by developing uh, the radial organization and uh, going out to lunch with that person from uh, finance who can tell me how I can come up with a good uh, or help come up with a good analysis of why I need this new piece of technology. Or go out with the person from marketing who uh, is the one who's been you know, not telling me about uh, pro promos and therefore hammering the center with uh, calls that we aren't prepared for. All those things, you know, need to be proactively looked at by you as a leader. I love that. As a matter of fact, Bruce, what I'd say, I'm sure you've done this, 
Um, given that you used uh, three words and they were all, uh, you had a, a, a vowel and a consonant, um, you, used, you used the acronym ACD, Aware, Care, and Dare. And so uh -huh. you could actually, as a leader, you could run your organization through your ACDs. You could, you know, yep. every time you get together in a group or every time you send out a message, you could, you could ask people for an ACD that's relevant to them that you want to talk about or address. Um, when somebody has given you one that's relevant, make sure you highlight that, right? Make it part of the culture that people follow the ACD. And, you know, it's your own little fra framework. It's your own little buzzword. But the organization can now embrace it. And whether it's that or some other acronym, that's what you need to think about. And I think what leaders do, and I love, I love that, <laughs> aware, care, dare is beautiful. Um, and so whether it's that one or one that you make up yourself, what you're doing is you're just empowering your people to be successful or you're empowering yourself to be successful through your people. Right, right. Yeah, and actually, I think you may know that ACD is an automatic call distributor also in our industry, so it has a particular resonance there. So, yeah, you picked up on that. Um, well, we're getting toward the end of our uh, time here, but let me ask you uh, one big question. Uh, not that they all haven't been big here, but is there one lesson in life that you'd like to share with our audience that could be meaningful to them? Hmm. You know, I've done uh, I've done so many amazing things, and but but they're all little accolades, right? It's what you do today, what you do now. How do you? What's the footprint you're leaving on on the world? And and the lesson that I took away from all of it is simple. If you could go through life with one mentor and two mentees, you will be such a significantly better person. And, and the thing that you have to take into consideration is that even though you may have two people who you call mentees, you need to learn from them as well. So if you're not familiar with the younger generation, figure out who you, who's interested in being mentored and make sure it goes both ways. It'll be powerful. Trust me, you'll learn a whole lot, and life will be significantly better if you can go through life that way. Wonderful. Very good thought. That is a perfect thought to end on. And uh, thank you very, very much, uh, Mitchell, for being with us. And uh, with that, I'll hand things over to uh, Alan Potcotter to wrap things up. But, again, thank you very much, Mitchell. You're welcome, Bruce. Thanks, thanks for having me. Great to be here, guys. Have a great one. Thanks again to Mitchell and Bruce from Benchmark World for your insightful discussion on today's show. Be sure to join us next month for another great show and look at our huge selection of archive shows and topics at BenchmarkPortal.com. Then click on Call Talk where you'll find over eight seasons of this show. From all of us at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Alan Pockotter signing out. Have a great day.